Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. In season, a little bit of out of season. First time really getting deep into this 2023 draft with them. Uh, former NFL offensive lineman, you hear him, color analyst Westwood One, CBS, little Philadelphia Eagles action as well. He is Ross Tucker. Ross, I don't know actually if we've talked since the hire of of Shane Steichen. I, I I've said this before. Um, Richardson, Levis, Stroud, we can debate them to the nth degree. What I'm most bullish on for the Colts is Shane Steichen and his quarterback history. Uh, what were your interactions like with Shane, and how should Colts fans feel about that hire? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a home run. Um, I got to know Shane pretty well the last couple of years in Philadelphia, and uh, extremely impressive, both in the production meetings for the preseason games in my one-on-one interactions with him. I mean, they did things that I'd never heard of before. You know, I would see him, and he would mention to me things I said on the preseason broadcast. And I was like, you watch the TV copy? <laughs> like, you know, usually the coaches don't watch. And he said, yeah, it was actually part of their intercut because there's certain things you can get from the broadcast that you can't get from the coaches' tape. So I thought that was pretty cool, because I was wondering why he and some of the other coaches were laughing and joking with me about some of the things I said. You know, late in preseason games, I can try to be entertaining because it's late in the preseason game, but um, he's impressive. I mean, 2021, midway through the year, Sirianni gives him the play-calling duties, they go run heavy and make the playoffs as a result with, you know, a banged-up team and, and Hurts really his first full year as a starter. And then I've never seen a quarterback make a bigger improvement than Hurts 2021 to Hurts 2022. Now, part of that was best O-line in the league. Part of that is they bring in A.J. Brown. You know, part of that was just Hurts being in the same offensive system for a second consecutive year, but you still got to give a lot of that credit to Steichen for Hertz's performance a year ago, which is why I think the Colts are in a really good spot to draft the quarterback at four, because I feel like Steichen on some level just kind of went through this and has like a template, especially if he drafts, you know, Levis or, Anthony Richardson, I think he has a template for how to try to maximize that guy's potential. You know, Ross, coaching brilliance can come really in a number of ways, but but let's talk about, in Shane Steichen's case, in your observation, is he a coach, and I'm going to give you two scenarios, when they're looking at a quarterback, are the Colts going to be better off to pair with Shane Steichen? Is his strength going to be he works with a quarterback that has to intellectually be able to grasp everything that Shane Steichen is giving him, or is Shane Steichen the type that himself intellectually adjusts to coming up with scenarios that are best 
for the quarterback's needs as opposed to the quarterback having to do what's best for Shane Steichen's requests? Um, yeah, I understand the question and where you're coming from. I, I guess I would say I always feel like that has to be a symbiotic relationship. Right. Um, but where it kind of goes both ways, I will say it feels like Steichen in back-to-back years did a fantastic job of maximizing the skill set of the quarterback and the talent of the people around him. Yeah, so he kind of adjusted game plan to quarterback as opposed to asking quarterback to adjust approach to what he wanted. Oh, there's no question, yeah. I mean, especially if you look at his history with Rivers and other guys, like he he designed it for the quarterback. And I'll say this, the Eagles – had one of the most talented teams I've ever seen last year. Certainly the best Eagle team I've ever seen. Uh, they just didn't get done in the Super Bowl. But I would say almost every week, it really felt like he was ahead of the defensive coordinator. You know, I mean, he was just ahead of them. I mean, it, it just, I loved his mix and matching of play calling. I mean, you guys can look it up. The amount of first touchdowns they scored on first drives was crazy. It felt like they had a lead in every game. Just really, really impressive. I, I, I'm not surprised he got a head coaching job. I think that the Colts, who, as you guys know, were ridiculously thorough. I think they made the right hire in general, but in particular because they're going to take a quarterback at four. And – they want to get the most out of that young man as soon as possible. And I don't know who has a better track record that was available right now than Steichen based on what he did with Hurts, which is why I've kind of think thought all along, and maybe I'm wrong, and you guys probably know more than I do. I'm not there. But I've kind of felt all along that they were going to draft Anthony Richardson because I feel like – you know, a lot of the same things Steichen did with Hertz, he can do with Richardson in terms of, you know, having an emphasis on the run early so that the offense can be productive while his passing, you know, gets up to speed. And then you combine both of those, and it's almost impossible to defend. It, it really is. I mean, it's almost impossible to stop. If, you, if the quarterback knows what he's doing, they've got good weapons, and he can run the way Steichen did it last year, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It's at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He's with us right now here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Kind of expanding on that point, Ross, and, and certainly I've probably gone back and forth, and at this point I'm just like flip a coin. I, I don't – the Colts are extremely tight-lipped on – whether it'll be Levis, whether it be Richardson, who knows about the C.J. Stroud fall, et cetera, et cetera. Let's play out the scenario that Levis and Richardson are both on the board at four. Stroud's gone. Will Anderson's gone. Bryce Young's gone. Given Steichen's background, which is another question, how much say will Steichen have? To me, he should have a lot of say. You would go Richardson over Levis under that scenario? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't really – I mean, the Levis thing is kind of weird to me because it's like – if you want a quarterback who's ready to go, 
and a polished pocket passer, passer, I feel like you would take Stroud. If you want a guy with high upside and ability, I mean, Richardson has a stronger arm, he's a bigger body, and he's faster than Levis. So, like, why, why, why are you taking Levis over Richardson? Because he's got a little more experience? I don't know. I mean, is that, is that even a positive? Honestly, I, Ross, you, know, you want to know what I think is part of that answer? I know you're asking rhetorically, but – and I know this sounds crazy. Will Levis got rave reviews from the Manning family at the Manning Academy. I really think that carries weight with the upper brass of the Colts, the top level. Yeah, I mean, that – I've heard that. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, I guess the one thing I do like about Levis is that he had to go through a lot of adversity last year because Kentucky's offensive line was not good and his weapons weren't as good. You know, they lost those O-linemen. They lost Wondell Robinson. But I struggle with some of the sacks he took. I struggle with some of the decisions he made. You know, I don't care how bad the rest of the team is around you. You still don't have to take those sacks. You still don't have to throw those balls. And I don't know. Um, I've heard the same thing about the Manning Passing Academy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 and I might be wrong. I think Levis drops. I, I think I've done a bunch of mock drafts with people, and Levis never goes in the top ten. Nobody ever pulls the trigger on him, which I think is telling. Seven-year NFL veteran Ross Tucker. You hear him on Westwood One, CBS, Philadelphia Eagles. He's with us right here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Ross, if you were wearing the Nick Casario GM hat at number two, obviously implications kind of goes without saying here in Indianapolis with a team in your own division, seemingly a quarterback needy team. Uh, what are you doing at two, assuming Bryce Young goes one? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, first of all, what I'm doing is telling Lovey Smith that if he loses that last game, <laughs> that he uh, he gets to keep his job. And then probably firing him anyway. But I'm not winning that last game. Yeah. Was that against you guys? I think it's a oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were going to build a statue if Lovey would have lost that last game outside of NRG Stadium. Unbelievable that that happened, and and the and the ripple effects of that. I still say I'll believe that the Texans don't take a quarterback at two when I see it. Um, you know these reports that they could take Levis. That makes me think that they really like that, that they know that the Colts like Levis and they want him to trade up. I mean, if the Texans don't take Levis, I mean, don't take a quarterback at two, there's no chance, guys, they're going into next season with their current quarterbacks. So then are they, are they forced then to trade from 12 up to like three with Arizona to get a quarterback? Or do they sit there at 12 and take the third or fourth guy? Um, or do they trade for Trey Lance from the Niners because D'Amico Ryans was there the last couple of years. I, I don't know, but um, I'd probably take Stroud, but I'm skeptical of Stroud. I, I really am. Because you of know, the S2 want... or because of other stuff? What? No, 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 not the S2. Okay. Because when I've watched him, he knows what he's doing. He gets rid of the ball. He processes well. It's more the people around him. I mean – you watch Stroud and Ohio State play the last two years. First of all, two years ago, 
Nobody had ever covered Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson once the whole season. I mean, he's throwing touchdown passes to guys that are open by 10 yards in the end zone. Now, can you say the same about Young? No. No, I don't think you can. Alabama did not have a dominant offensive line this year, and Alabama didn't even have good receivers this year. And even the games that Alabama lost, Bryce Young still produced. No, I think it's different. I mean, Bryce Young had to show a lot of pocket mobility, had to make a lot of plays on his own. He did not have a supercharged roster around him this year, whereas Ohio State, both their tackles might go in the first round. It seemed like C.J. had a clean pocket every play, and he was just throwing the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr., who's unbelievable. Right. Just, yeah. You know, the NFL is not like that. The NFL is not – you have much better players than anybody else you play. You never have a muddy pocket. Your receivers are wide open. I just think it's been a major adjustment for these Ohio State guys, Haskins and Fields, and it's just way, way harder than it is for them at Ohio State. You know, is there a player – Ross Tucker's our guest, by the way. You can see him on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL. He's on the Payless Sickers hotline. Ross, is there a player – in, because one of the things we don't talk about, and it's not applicable in Indianapolis per se, but this whole conversation about the four quarterbacks and the spots and everything else would probably be drastically different if there were non-quarterback players at the top of this draft that were franchise pillar players that were can't miss. Are there guys like that that we're overlooking that can be taken up top? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a huge Will Anderson guy. He would have been the number one pick in last year's draft. Now I've seen Peter King had him in his mock going number six. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable to me that a kid might lose over $10 million because he had to go back to school. Didn't get hurt. Didn't do anything dumb off the field. Didn't play bad, but might lose $10 million. I mean, I I would sue. I would sue somebody. I mean, that's unbelievable. Um, Jalen Carter was the best defensive player for Georgia the last couple years. I don't know about the off the field issues. There's some concern there, but there was concerns about Warren Sapp and Randy Moss and a lot of really good football players that when when they had to show up, Lawrence Taylor, when they had to show up on Sunday and played, they, they showed up on Sunday and they played. Again, Ross Tucker is with us. You hear him all over Westwood One, CBS, Philadelphia Eagles, seven-year NFL vet in the Ross Tucker football podcast. Um, Ross, there are, I don't think it's a large section of Colts fans, but there are some that have mentioned, hey, if you got QB going one, two, three, you take that top defensive player at four, and then you gauge, okay, where is Hendon Hooker going to fall the rest of round one, potentially trade up from 35 in round two? Uh, your thoughts on that suggestion and or Hendon Hooker? Um, two things. One would be it really depends on how they feel about Hendon Hooker, and it really depends upon how they feel about whoever the fourth quarterback would be that would be available in that scenario. Um, man, I think it's probably going to be hard for Sykin to not get a quarterback that can run. And Hendon Hooker can't run. Stroud doesn't really run either. I think Steichen just realizes now, after the Hertz experiment, just how valuable it is to have a quarterback that that's part of them, which is why I believe the Indianapolis Colts will take either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson at number four on Thursday night. 
Yeah, because Levis Ross, am I correct in saying this? Levis can run a little bit as well. I mean, I don't know how much he they designed oh, yeah. that for oh, him yeah, at Kentucky, sure. but he can, right? Oh no, for sure. I mean, I look. I'm a Penn State guy. I live in Central PA, and uh, I remember McStorley got hurt or Clifford, one of them, and Levis came in, and they just ran the ball all over Ohio State with Levis. Now he's not like you know Lamar Jackson, but he runs pretty well, and he's a moose. He's kind of more like. Um, you know, like a Hertz or a Cam Newton, more of like a power runner, but he runs pretty well. Let's put it this way. He runs well enough that Sykin could incorporate all that stuff in the offense and really put the coordinators in a bind. Ross, before we let you go, um, we are just a couple of weeks away from Mother's Day, and I don't want to speak for our entire audience, but that can tend to sneak up on some of the mail section here. Uh, and I believe you've got a suggestion for us on that end. Absolutely. A buddy of mine started the company. By far the best Mother's Day gift I've ever heard of. It's called MyFrontPageStory.com. Nobody knows what to get their mom, and nobody, nobody really knows what to get their wife, the mother of their kids a lot of times. Go to MyFrontPageStory.com. You talk to one of their writers for 10 minutes while you're driving home from work or whatever. They write the most unbelievable story about your mom, your wife, or whatever. Guys, it looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. It looks like it's on the cover of the Indy Star. Your wife, pictures of her, your mom, pictures of her and the kids. And I've just seen it so many times on videos now when they're opening it up and they're like, what is this? And and you say, Mom, I wanted something special. So I had a story written about you. Like that just sounds odd. It sounds like the coolest, most sentimental gift ever. My, my sister and I got one from my mom. And she read the quote out loud from my sister, like, I wouldn't be the woman I am today without my mom. My mom just started bawling. She started crying uh, in good tears, which is what you want. And then <laughs> right. my, my mom had to hang it in her house. Like, you give your mom this, it's a framed thing, cover of the newspaper. They're going to hang it up in their house. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving. It will be a reminder to your mom or your wife every day how much you love them. The gift that keeps on giving. Just trust me. Myfrontpagestory.com myfrontpagestory.com best gift ever period but definitely for mother's day look at this the more you can do right here ross tucker with us on the payless liquors hotline ross always enjoy the conversations man enjoy thursday night and uh hopefully we catch up to you before the season starts absolutely should be fun for you guys take care